0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher here at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hello there, friends, and welcome to a special Christmas episode of Into the Word. 2020 has been a year like no other in living memory. We have faced uncertain dangers, unprecedented restrictions, tremendous opportunities, overwhelming uncertainty, and heartbreaking absences, forfeitures, and delays. It's been a hard year. It's been a hard year on individuals, it's been a hard year on families, it's been a hard year on churches, and I'm sure it's been a hard year on governments too. We're all in this together and it seems to me like we're all beginning to show signs of strain. Here where I live, we will enter into another lockdown on December 26th at 12.01 a.m. Some people are calling it a circuit breaker lockdown, and we're being told that it will be for four weeks, and that the goal is to keep our local medical resources from being overwhelmed. And of course, that comes at a cost. I don't question the value or the strategic necessity. I'm Not in a position to do that, but like any individual having to go through another lockdown, I'm qualified to comment on the cost. It will hurt businesses. It will challenge families. It will put incredible strain on people living with mental health issues or navigating difficult domestic situations, and it will be absolutely heartbreaking for people caring for older relatives and loved ones. That's not a political comment. That's just a human comment. This may well be the path of wisdom, but it will be hard. It has been hard. And so I thought that this year I'd focus on a text that seems to offer perspective and comfort and counsel to people feeling tossed to and fro by external forces. So if you have your Bible with you, I'd love for you to open it now to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I imagine that you've heard that story many times. Maybe you've even read that story many times to your children and your grandchildren on Christmas Eve. We know the story very well, so I don't intend to rehearse or explain the main details. Instead, I just want to direct your eyes to a few features of this story that perhaps you've never noticed before, and then to draw out a few lessons that may be helpful for us in the dark days and weeks that lie ahead. Take a look again at verses 1 to 3. The text says there, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. Did you catch that? Everyone in this story is being moved around and shunted from one place to another at the whim of a seemingly all-powerful, all present human government. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus when Quirinius was governor of Syria. That's a lot of power, that's a lot of external force, and that's a lot of personal inconvenience. The Romans, of course, loved a good census. You had to count people if you wanted to efficiently tax them, and the Romans loved to tax their subject peoples. That was kind of the point of having an empire. And, of course, this was not tremendously well-received by the common people, and it could be terribly disruptive to the small businessman. I'm sure Joseph didn't want to shut his carpentry shop in Nazareth and load up his pregnant wife onto a donkey to walk all the way down to Bethlehem in Judea, just so that he could pay his taxes to Rome. Which, by the way, were levied on top of the taxes he paid to the Jewish state, not to mention the poll tax on any of his goods being moved on Roman roads. So Joseph had had it up to here, I think it's fair to say, with taxes. And I'm sure this little side trip to Bethlehem was probably not at the top of his holiday wish list. And I just share that with you so that you can see that government getting in the way of Christmas is as old as Christmas itself. We've been here before, my friends, and in the providence of God, everything turned out fine. I want you to see that tonight. The story has some counsel hidden away in it for all of us tired, anxious, maybe even angry grown ups who are feeling this present darkness, who are suffering this real inconvenience, and who are feeling the weight today of a world in desperate need of a Savior. First little bit of counsel in the story, I think, is this. We need to see the bigger plan. Joseph and Mary must have felt like powerless pawns in Caesar's game? Why should they have to shutter their business and ride a bumpy, grouchy old donkey all the way down to Bethlehem? Why couldn't they pay their taxes in Nazareth? Why couldn't there be a category that said guest worker or out-of-state laborer? How hard would that be? Some scholars actually suggest that the whole moving people around piece back to the city of your ancestors was actually Herod's idea. He may have tried to dress this up as an act of Jewish patriotism, a little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down. But I'm sure that didn't in any way comfort poor little Mary as she bumped along those roads in her ninth month of pregnancy. Joseph probably wanted to pull his hair out. It was so unfair. The burden fell so hard on the ones he loved the most. It was all nuts. And Joseph, like a lot of us right now, felt completely powerless. But in an interesting twist of providence, all of this political nonsense and all of this personal and national injustice was actually used by God to put this young couple in exactly the right place at exactly the right time to fulfill one of the most important prophecies in all the Bible. You see, the Messiah was always supposed to be born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.2 says, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. So, maybe it was a good thing that Joseph didn't get caught up in any revolutionary zeal against Herod or Caesar or Quirinius. He just trusted that god was overseeing the game leon morris in his commentary finds it interesting that luke even bothers to mention these incidental details nobody else seems to care why joseph and mary went to bethlehem but luke does morris is here it seems to be part of his plan to set his story in the secular context He sees God as Lord of history, and the actions of the emperor in faraway Rome do but set forward the divine plan and purpose. I like that. The actions of the emperor in faraway Rome do but set forward the divine plan and purpose. Do you still believe that, brothers and sisters? Listen, the government will do what the government will do, and they will tell us whatever it is they find convenient to tell us. Now, I'm not suggesting anything nefarious. I think they're probably doing the best they can with the information and resources that they have. But my point is simply this. Whether they are acting in good faith or not, I have no idea. But this I know for sure. Everything they do will but set forward the divine plan and purpose. So... Let's be most concerned about that. Let's keep our eye on the bigger plan. What is God doing? Why does he want us here? That's the issue, friends. And that's a key takeaway from this story. Joseph did what he had to do, and it ended up being exactly what God wanted done, whatever the reasons. You you don't always have to understand. You just need to know that God is in control. And you have to trust that God will provide. That's the second takeaway. I imagine that Joseph was just about losing his mind as he pulled into Bethlehem with Mary, starting to go into labor, and him not having had the opportunity yet to make arrangements for a place for them to stay. He probably counted on being able to do that once they got there, but with Mary going into labor, he needs something now. I can't even imagine the stress that he was feeling. A man wants to provide for his family. And when events beyond our control threaten our ability to do that, we feel angry, we feel scared, we feel small. And God often ordains a season or two like that for all of us at one point or another in our lives. Feeling scared can be good. Feeling angry can be good. Feeling small can be good. All of those things can be good if they drive us closer to God. If you could give your family everything they need, then why would they or you trust in God? So maybe God was teaching Joseph a lesson here. Maybe he's saying, I've got this. I see you. I booked you a room from before the creation of the world, son. It's not the room that you would have booked or that Mary would have booked, but it will do just fine. It'll be just the three of you and me in that little barn which is exactly the way I want it to be. I don't want my son owing any man anything, so he will bunk with the donkeys, and then he will grow up and save the world. (laughs) Even our needs sometimes serve the purpose and the plan of Almighty God. Then lastly here, I think the story is reminding all of us poor, simple, powerless people to devote ourselves to pondering and praise. In verse 19, Mary is pondering. In verse 20, the shepherds are praising. That's what powerless people do when Messiah has come quietly into the world. Jesus is here. So what do you need to do exactly? Jesus is here. So what do you have to be anxious or angry or fretful about? Jesus is here. Yes, details are going to have to be worked out. Yes, some Timelines are going to have to be revisited, but Jesus is here. So you and I and our families and our churches are going to be fine. The King has come, and the King is coming. That is the light at the end of the tunnel. That is the joy that comes in the morning after this long night. And this is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to this special episode of Into the Word. I just want to remind you that starting on January 1st, you'll be able to find Into the Word podcast episodes covering every chapter in the book of Genesis, every chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, and every chapter in the book of Acts. So for the first 28 days of January, you'll be able to listen to three out of the four daily readings in the RMM Bible Reading Plan. In most other plans, you'll also be working through Genesis and likely Matthew as well, so we trust that these resources will help you get off to a great start with your Bible reading discipline in 2021. We also plan to release some new content in 2021. We have already begun recording a series on Leviticus set to release in late March, and we have series planned in the Psalms and the New Testament as well. The easiest way to find all of this content is via the End of the Word app, which you can find on iTunes or Google Play. We're so thankful for the support of listeners like you that made the development of this app possible. That's it for us in 2020, but we'll see you right back here in just a few days for the beginning of another annual journey through the whole council of God. We'll see you then.